sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we are doing Movies from the 2000s. Our favorite. Oh. Well, lists are our favorite? Or, or, or are we saying the 2000s is our favorite decade? No, this, these are our favorite movies from the 2000s. We're not just doing a list of every movie made in the 2000s. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. I should delete about delete. Yeah. 400 of these. Yeah, because there were only 420 movies made. Actually, we might have some of the or same 22. movies. We did. I, there's one I'm guessing was almost certainly but other than that um, probably not same here one i'm guessing um i wonder if we're guessing the same one maybe have their directors made our list for the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. yep that's got to be the same one all right um wait not 80s anyway um oh yeah maybe not well well we'll see when we get to it um yeah we're doing this because i was on vacation uh and these are fun to do. Yeah, these so are fun. fun to do, but it was like easy too because I don't have to do a lot of research. So when I was putting my list together, I I picked my favorites or some of my favorites. It's the, as I say, all the all these episodes, this will change day to day, week to week. But another thing I tried to do is I tried to take one, only one from a certain director. So there might be more movies by a director that's not on my list, and I try to pick at least one from every genre, even though it might not be just 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 to make it more fun. I was like thinking of that, but then I don't really have any comedies on this one. Um, and I was like, do I want to do it just to, you know, just to be well-rounded? And I was like, no, cause I like these better than the comedies I would have picked. I think so. Anyway, um, let's get to it. You want to start okay. first with yo number 10? Sure. Uh, this is, I'm starting off with a bad precedent, but it's the only one I do this for. I couldn't pick which documentary, and they're both kind of similar. And one we've already talked about is Spellbound, which is a documentary about uh, spelling bees, which is awesome, has really fun kids, and it's really well done. And it is when you see it, it's different than what you expect, but it is also the same as what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. And the other one is is kind of a similar, and it came out near the same well in the same decade. So let's keep it that way. But Wordplay, which is a documentary about kind of well basically spellbound people after they grow up all these people who participate in um competitive crossword crossword puzzles yeah partly about that and also about um will will shorts who created a degree a a degree when he was in college of i think he called it puzzle making or something like that where he just came up with his own curriculum and he's the only person to have that degree. And then he went somehow not went out at the New York times and revitalized their crossword puzzles. So he, and uh, anyway, so it's a, it's a really interesting documentary. Oh yeah. I've seen them both. Um, I feel like, I know I, I like spellbound because of the kids, I think, you know, like that's, that's what sells it, but they're both really interesting. It's not, I mean, they're not really comparable, even though they have so much in common. No, they're they're very different. I yeah. mean, the competition with in wordplay is not as as heated. <laughs> yeah, no, or as stressful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's good. I didn't even think of that. I didn't. I don't have any documentaries on my list. Um, there's other documentaries, but I, there's a lot of them I haven't ever seen. I just heard enough to know I don't want to see it or don't think it's that good like Catherine inconvenient treatment oh yeah yeah inconvenient truth yeah uh all the michael Moore oh, movies yeah. <laughs> I, um it was a supersize me which i'm sure is good but yeah eh, it's eh, it's it's whatever i think he had a, his tv show was better than that movie well i'll say the same thing about michael moore he had a very good tv show yes he did i remember yafet koto trying to get a cab in new york city that was one of his things on the tv show <laughs> Um, my number 10 is Lost in Translation, uh, 2003, Sofia Coppola. Um, Great movie. Yeah, divisive movie. A lot of people did not care for it. I loved really? it. Really? Yeah, I think it was too, you know, people always have a problem with ambiguity, so I think that was part of it, like, at the end. What did he, what did he whisper in her ear? I have to know. But, uh, 
yeah, Scarlett Johansson being Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray um, being Bill Murray being later period Bill Murray. Yes, <laughs> somber and uh, but like a really cool kind of love story, you know, unrequited love story uh, about two people who probably shouldn't be together anyway. So it's good that they didn't. But um, yeah, just just nice and I thought a very beautiful movie. Uh, and I haven't really enjoyed any of her other movies that I've seen. So, yeah, I was going to say, Coppola, prob- I mean, yeah, probably, uh, yeah, the best movie she's directed. Yeah, for sure. And um, takes place in Tokyo. Just so it's it's about people displaced and kind of lost. Well, lost in translation, I guess. Um, now I get it. <laughs> but I used to think it sucked, but now I understand the title, and it's awesome. Yeah, no, I I just. You know, I enjoyed it, saw it in the theater, enjoyed it at the time. Um, it's kind of like, it was kind of the last gasp of that kind of indie movie, I feel like. If it was even indie, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So, I'd say that, that's that, that's not a big studio film. It's indie in its yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Lost in Translation, number 10. For me. Number nine. Uh, this is a film I think I've only seen once, maybe twice, but... It left a good enough impression on me, and I don't think you've seen it, or maybe you have, but didn't like it. It left a good enough impression on me that I wanted it on my list. And it's Punch Truck Love, which is P.T. Anderson directed with uh, lots of Popeye references and um, uh, Adam Sandler starring. And it does it create. There's it's a drama that, that that takes everything that Adam Sandler does in comedies, but does it in a dramatic way, and and it does it well. Like the man child, angry man child works in Punch Truck Love. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't care for it so much. I didn't oh, think you did it was it. the worst okay. thing ever, but yeah. Um it didn't. Well, you know, I just for whatever reason his films don't connect with me. Um PT Anderson not Adam Sandler because everybody loves Happy Gilmore. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is uh about his movies that I can't get into. I never saw the uh the one um based on the Thomas Pynchon book, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's I haven't seen that either. maybe a little too high a level of pretension for me to even <laughs> consider. So <laughs> that's you <laughs> captain pretentious. Oh, is that my title? I don't know why I'm only a captain. Well, are we doing Navy ranks? That's better, I guess, but still should be an admiral. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I saw it. I saw that one in the theater, I think. Uh, and I don't remember a lot about it. So, I remember Emily. Uh, wait, God damn it! Emily Watson. Emily right? Watson. No. Yeah, yeah. That's... Emma Watson is the young one. Emily Watson it's... is is breaking the waves. Yeah. Emily Watson Watson is excellent in this movie as she is in pretty much every movie I've ever seen her in. Yeah, she's always good. Um, Adam Sandler's probably that was, I think this is his first try at a dramatic role, right? I don't know if Spanglish came out before or after this. But. Yeah, and it's it's his best dramatic role. I, the Jed Apatow movie was an attempt. I I thought that was okay. I think Punch Truck Love is mu- a much better look at at his dramatic chops, as as it were. And being released by Criterion. Oh, really? Yeah. Is is this, is uh, P. T. Anderson one of those directors that gets everything released by Criterion? No, I think this might be his first. Oh, really? Yeah. I know, odd choice, but yeah. Uh, they'll probably go back and do more, like at least Boogie Nights, I would think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, my number nine is Children of Men from 2006 by Alfonso Cuarón. Um, before he got really, really big, I guess, because he did, what, Birdman and Gravity and and those kind of things, um, where he did the same kind of tricks. But this was... Did you see Children of Men? No. Clive Owen, Michael Caine, and it's like in a kind of dystopian future where, uh, Jesus, man, I wish I could even remember it better. Like, for some reason, kids aren't being born. Right. But... Well, I I just, I don't know if it's the same as the, as the novel. Kids aren't being born, but they are always looking for one woman who can. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. So the, who wrote the novel? P.D. James. Oh, it's P.D. James' book. Okay, yeah, but really well done. And it, like, it was the first time, and he's done it a lot since. Um, it's kind of like his trademark now, but he did, like, 
really super long takes and with a lot of action occurring in them and stuff that it's just like you're like how the fuck does anybody do that like i hope you didn't have to do that more than once <laughs> because the shit's crazy uh and and a good story like i don't know i like a good dystopian future story there's so many bad ones it's nice when you find a good one yeah i i do like a good one but i just wish there were more non-dystopian future stories yeah, some utopian future stories yes well, i guess that's boring i guess there's no conflict well that's where you introduce the uh bumbling idiot character who wrecks everything in the utopia i mean you kind of have to make it a comedy but still it could work let's get on hollywood <laughs> never listen to us oh yeah you you would like this one i think children are men yeah I, it, it's just something i missed and i've read the book and it's i need to say it. yeah i think i'd like it cool What's your number eight? Uh, I'm going to do another slash. Sorry. Do it. <laughs> like I said, this is a, a this is in the list because it's a, a comedy genre. So, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, um, great movie! Yeah. Alan Arkin. What's the kid's Carell. name? Paul, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah. It's and and just a wonderful. Greg Kinnear's in it too, right? Or am I thinking of another movie? I don't know. It seems Wait, like he Steve would be. Steve Carell. I don't think Steve Carell's in Little Miss Sunshine. No. I guess he wait. He's not. I don't think so. Uh, Tony Collette, Steve Carell. What the fuck, dude? I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, me neither. So maybe I'm confused. The, the movie I'm thinking shit. of, the movie I'm thinking of involves Greg Kinnear as a father, and his daughter is wants to be and a dancer. Oh, Steve right? Carell is the uncle. That's right. I forgot Steve Carell. Yeah, was yeah. In. Okay, good. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's a anyway, great movie. It's a, a really fun movie. It's kind of a comedy, kind of not. And just because I wanted to put a, a, a dumb comedy in, I also want to be at number spot number eight, House Bunny. Never seen it. Oh, you have to see it. It's Anna a very good Anna Ferris, Colin Hanks, um, Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone before she was anything. Uh, Bruce Willis's daughter, and uh, if, I don't remember who plays the the bad the bad team but it's it's a entirely stupid movie that somehow is not stupid it's a really good comedy it's well made it has a heart and it's funny so it's not as good a, a movie as little miss sunshine so little miss sunshine des- uh, de- uh, deserves a spot more but i wanted to put in a dumb comedy from the 2000s and i think there's a lot of them super bad the hangover there's like a, a, i guess knocked up 40 year over oh i didn't really like there's a lot of dumb comedies but i think this is the the best of the bunch in that it doesn't have pretensions like i feel like the apatow comedies are, are very good but they have pretensions that sometimes bring them down a little bit does that make sense yes no totally but the house bunny is just there to be funny but it also has a as, has a nice heart and it's it is funny so yeah house bunny yeah number if you ask, eight if you ask me apatow's never topped freaks and geeks like with his movies or anything i think he got everything right on that one and he, yeah, he does try to do that more in his movies, and it just doesn't. You need more of a a longer story arc, I guess, to make it work. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, since you did that, I'm gonna cheat too, and I'm just gonna add a dumb comedy to my number eight and slash it, even though it does not fit with the original one at all. Oh, but <laughs> but also uh, Adam Arkin, no Alan Arkin, sorry. Uh, always great. Mm-hmm. In everything. Yeah, a little Miss oh, Sunshine. Oh, going back to Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah, yeah he's. I, I, uh, that was his first big role for a long time. Long time, yeah. <laughs> and he knocked it out of the park. It's yeah, yeah, that is a very good movie, and it's. I think it's Steve Carell's first non like silly comedy role. Yes, maybe, but it's one of the first ones that, that showed they had more range than just forty year old version of The Office. Yeah, because he's like all super depressed in that one. And, yeah, 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 he still has funny parts and. and I think I th- I think it's pretty clear that not only mine but our, this podcast's love affair with Tony Collette will never end. Nope. Well, both of us, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's she's the best. Um, my number eight. Okay, first part. Talk to her from 2002 by Pedro Almodovar, who a lot of his earlier stuff I found to be maybe a little too slapsticky. Um, but this one I really liked. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's about two two guys who are basically in love with women in comas. One of them actually knew the woman, and she was a bullfighter, and she got gored. And the other one is a nurse caring for a woman in a coma who 
he falls in love with her, even though he doesn't really know her. Um, but it's like a really his best movie that I've seen, um, Almodovar, and very like touching and and you know brutal and everything. It's and I guess comedic, you know, in some ways, but it's it's more of a drama than a comedy for sure. And I thought this was. This was when I was like, oh, man, this guy can make a movie. Um, talk to her. And then my my comedy pick that I'm going to add in, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle from 2004. <laughs> Is it? I, I would have guessed it was much earlier than that. I know. You would think 90s, huh? Like 99? Yeah, 99. Yeah. Yeah, no, 2004. Uh, and it was one of those comedies that I was like, there's one scene where they do the obligatory shit shitting joke which i don't care for i didn't care for it in bridesmaids but that's like a comedy staple i guess you know um, but otherwise i found it just turn your brain off and laugh <laughs> and fucking uh nph's comeback thanks yep. to well, this movie well he had already come back big time on on broadway right I, yeah he he had done he was a stage actor at that point but but this, this is the first public awareness of Yes, since Doogie Howser. Um, Mm -hmm. So, bravo for that, and bravo for making me laugh when I expected to hate you. So, I remember meeting up with someone who, because I was still in California in 2004, and I think she, she, I don't know if she worked in the industry, but it was a first date, and she was talking about this small movie she just saw called Harold and Kumar, and it was it was before it was widely released. It was really early, and I was, and the way she was describing it was small. And she said it was really funny. It didn't really describe the plot. So for the longest time before I saw it, I didn't see it for a while until a while later. But the longest time I thought it was like like a lost in translation kind of thing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I was not that at all. I was very shocked when I actually watched the movie and saw it was a, I don't know, a, a house bunny kind of thing. Just a dumb comedy. Stupid comedy. But, Really fun dumb comedy. The two thousands did have some really good dumb comedies. Uh, Dude, where there's Dude, where's my car? Is another one. Haven't seen it. Is it, oh, it's I've heard it's, people say that. It's really dumb and really funny. It does it does what it's trying to do re- very well. Yeah, uh, there was another one that I almost picked, but like I said, it didn't. Um, maybe we'll talk about it later. But uh, okay, go ahead. Number seven for me is Spider Man Part Two. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's not surprising to me. It might. It's definitely not the best movie of the, anywhere close to it, but it is definitely the best depiction of Spider-Man uh, before or since. It's it's uh, has a lot going for it. It's not the greatest story, but it's pretty good. But the Spider-Man scenes are good. Tobey Maguire's an okay Spider-Man. They never in these movies they never figured out how to have a good Spider-Man with like wisecracks and stuff. But this is the closest they came to it. He's a great Peter Parker. Um, and the, did you ever see it? Um, yes, I don't remember. Wait, who was the villain in this one? Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah, I saw it. So the origin of Doc Ock is, is Sam Raimi's greatest work in the Spider-Man movies. Cause he basically did a, a army of darkness thing in a, in a wide blockbuster release. It was just fun and awesome. Just crazy with the arms going all over the place and just tearing the whole operating room up. So, it's not the best superhero movie of all time, but it's a really good one. Oh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a hard time telling them apart, to be honest. Um, but I've only seen each of them once, so it's not that. I, th- I think the, the weakness with Spider-Man Part 1, the Raimi Spider-Man Part 1, is that it's an origin story. And then also the, uh, the Green Goblin, is, I, I never really... The costume never grabbed me, although Willem Dafoe is a, is a really good evil guy. But just having so much tied up with Argent, it's like half the movie, he's not Spider-Man. So it's kind of, kind of slow. And uh, anyway, yeah, Spider-Man 2, I think, does everything right. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, that reminded me of something, sorry, that I'm going to look up. So keep talking about Spider-Man 2 a little bit more. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I said everything I wanted to say, but... I, th- I think the Raimi Spider-Man's... I'm looking forward to the new Spider-Man coming out this summer, but I think the Raimi Spider-Man's did the best version of the 60s comic. Even though they, they threw some things in, like uh, the he didn't create his own his own webbing, which was a surprise that they did that. 
but other than that, I think the the Raimi Spider Man was the best version that we're gonna get of the sixties Spider Man. I think the the one coming out this summer is gonna be more of a modern Spider Man, but Raimi was just basically basing basing his stuff on what he grew up liking. And that's why Spider Man three is such a such a mess is because he got forced to do stuff that he didn't have like personal knowledge of. He had no right. well I'm I'm sure it could have been good. Which I even with, I remember reading at the time, like about that. Mm-hmm. Him him even saying it, so yeah. I mean, he. I think just too much got forced on him by the studio. So, uh, like having Venom in it could have been good if, if if it all wasn't forced on him, but it was. So it was not a good movie. But uh, two was, and I, I don't even know what he's been up to lately. No, me either. I guess he's involved in the TV show, which I haven't watched, the Army of Darkness TV show. Oh right, I haven't seen. Is it on like Stars or something? Or? Yeah, it's one of those weird channels. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I just, I just wrote myself in another tie because <laughs> I totally forgot about this. So these ones will not go together at all either. Um, <laughs> so num- your number My number seven. seven is In the Mood for Love, Wong Kar Wai from 2000. Have you seen any of his? I picked Chungking nope. Express by him before. Um, it's a, Yeah, it's about these two married couples whose spouses are away. Jeez, is the guy even married? I can't remember now. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's another unrequited love story, basically. But it's like... The cinematography is awesome, and it's one of those movies that takes its time. Like, the pacing is not going to work for most people, I feel like, who, you know, people who like blockbusters. It's it's not that kind of movie at all, um, mm-hmm. which you can tell from the description, I think. Um, but it's beautiful, and everybody should see it in the mood for love. Um, unless you're a dummy. Don't see it if you're a dummy. <laughs> Uh, and so, what, like so it's a Hong Kong movie. What? Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I was gonna say I was gonna say Spider Man three. Um, and the tie that I completely forgot about until this very minute um, about a boy from two thousand two. Oh. Yep, that's. I didn't even realize this. Didn't even think of that one, and I should have because that is an excellent movie. Whenever people talk about a, a book never always being better than the movie, I bring up about a boy because about a boy, although a great book, is a far, far, far superior movie. It's an excellent movie. Yeah, one of the only cases of that, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's it's good to bring it up once in a while when people are going on about how <laughs> movies are never as good as books, but cause sometimes they are. Yeah, about a boy is a good example. Yep. Not as good of a sitcom, but no, no, it was, did not work. Even with the great Mini Driver. And I'm wondering um, if the uh, musical is very any good. Oh, they have a musical of about a boy? <laughs> yeah. You know uh, they're doing Friends the musical? <laughs> no, I did not. My God. And yet it's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, about a boy is way better than you would expect from a Hugh Grant movie that is kind of, kind of a romantic comedy in a way. Not really. I guess, um, but it has elements, and and yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this. I've probably seen that movie twenty times by now. It's a, it, if it's on, it's it's something you can stop. You can always watch at watch. any point. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. And it has, oh, and the, I forgot the soundtrack. The soundtrack is is uh, incredible, incredible. Yes, yeah, by uh, Badly Drawn Boy, and mm-hmm. uh, let's not forget who the uh, lead actress is in it, Miss Tony Collette. So, is that only two for her in this list so far? Two so far, yeah. I, that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there will be more for me. Um, but in any case, what is your number six? Oh, we're almost halfway through. My number six is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, good one. Fun stuff. Came out in 2000. Uh, I don't think you really need to talk about the story much. It's just a fun movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the wire work and everything. Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess they made a, a Netflix sequel to it. I didn't watch it. Did you? No. What? Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Just this, like, last year. Nope, no idea. And I probably would not watch it. I mean, there were a bunch of films in its wake that were that then kept trying to do that um, to diminishing returns, I think. Um but that one was the best of the lot. Wait, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to try it? I don't know. It seems I don't know. Maybe it's good. I mean, who knows? I thought Fargo was going to be ridiculous, so yeah. maybe Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the series is good. I just haven't seen. Oh, okay. It is a movie, and Rotten Tomatoes says it has a rating of nineteen percent. So your first so, instincts 
yeah. might 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 have been correct. Yeah, maybe when it's not released uh, <laughs> theatrically, it's a good a good sign. But no, I agree. It was uh, it was super fun. I saw that one in the theater too a couple times. Yeah, I, actually. I, I, at first I thought I saw it with you, but I was I was just in the Bay Area. I, I saw that in the theater in the Bay Area, and it was crowded. Oh well, thanks for not inviting me, ass. Well, like I said, this, it was crowded. It was sold out. Okay, I guess you're let off the hook then. Uh, and it was Redwood City, so that's far from you. Redwood City. Oh yeah, dude. I'm not. I'm not going out to the peninsula, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're you're fine. Uh, my number six, Spirited Away, by Hayao Miyazaki, who we did on. We didn't do Spirited Away though, did we? Did we do Princess Mononoke? We did Princess yeah. Mononoke on this episode. So of of Studio Ghibli, um, and if you know anything about him, you kind of know what to expect. I mean, it's just super fucking weird. Great animation, <laughs> um, story that goes places you have no idea where it's going, which we talk about often as being one of my favorite things in movies, um, and maybe maybe my favorite Miyazaki movie. I don't know. Princess Mononoke is really good. Um, my Neighbor Totoro is really good, but this one kind of is the best of all worlds, I feel like. Um, 2001. And wait, have you seen this one? Nope. Yes? Okay. The only one I've seen is uh, the one we saw for the podcast, so yeah. I should watch more. Yeah, you. I think you would really like this one, too. Um, well, I've been told. I don't know. It, it's not on purpose. I just don't take the time to watch them, but I've been told I've pretty much all his all of his movies are things I'd like. You would, yeah. There's there. I mean, I don't know. There's a couple that you're like, eh, this is okay but but the big ones that you'll hear about the most i think you'd you'd enjoy them all um all right well you want to take a quick break and do our top 10 sure i mean we already started our top 10 i think we should do a quick break and do our top five well but when you add five and five together bam 10 we'll be right back i get 55 that's that's the old math We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shanmiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. We're back with our top 55 movies, according to Pat. Yes, finally, I get my way. And your number five is... So I didn't like I didn't repeat repeat directors. So I also didn't want to repeat studios. And this is my choice for Pixar, which I like a lot of their movies. But I only wanted to put one in. I put Up. I knew it. And and Up is. Did you, did you see Up? Oh yeah, I saw it on a plane actually. <laughs> it's a very strange movie to to for a animation studio to put out and for it to be as popular as it is. I mean. A movie starring an elderly man and a young Asian kid is just not something that is usually going to get greenlit, and it did, and it's wonderful and it's fun and it's, it's it's as as always beautifully animated. It's a really good movie, so that's my number five up. And the young Asian kid, not even the one who was auditioning for the role. Really, I didn't know that. That was his brother was there, and the <laughs> casting people saw him and they're like, "Let's get this kid, like some non actor." <laughs> <laughs> so there's got to be some real resentment going on in that family, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, just I, I can't I can't even imagine like any other studio doing this. The 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 DreamWorks people and Sony were just going for money, and I just that's well, so is Pixar. I mean, yeah, yeah, but Pixar always always went a little to the edge of yeah. what an animated a big budget animated film could be so right yeah and just 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun, wonderful movie. So yeah, I mean, I kind of wish they would have uh, just ended it after the first fifteen minutes, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you mean that that wonderful fun part? Yeah, yeah. That would have been a crazy ass movie. Pixar short. <laughs> My number five uh, was my recommendation either last week or the week before. Yee Yee by uh, Edward Yang from 2000. Same guy who did Brighter Summer Day. Uh, as I said then, a family drama. I don't know how, what I could really say about it to make you want to watch it, but you should watch it. Um, I won't mention that it's three hours. <laughs> and that there's really no action. But um, another one just like beautiful and gives you a feeling and makes you think about it afterwards. Uh, I already talked about it. So if you didn't listen to that episode, screw you, man, you got to find out about ye all on your own. And I don't know why it's ye, ye, why I, why I, but it translates to one and a two, but that doesn't seem to make sense. (laughs) In any case, who am I? Look, the Chinese invented gunpowder, paper, who am I to question them? Oh, I, I thought you were going to have a third funny thing. Oh, that they invented? Yeah. Chinese food? I mean, what else do they need to give us? I think that's enough. Number four. Another one where I wanted to pick one. And I think this is the Wes Anderson movie that is likable by everyone. And that means you hate it. So, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, I wouldn't say I hated it. I thought it was fine. That's good. That's more than you'd say about most Wes Anderson movies. His live action ones, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's definitely, that's definitely, I could see him doing more with the animation because, as I've always said, like, his his set design and, and everything is immaculate and great. And, like, his mm-hmm. visual eye is awesome. I would love to see him do more animated stuff. I think his next film is going to be animated. I forget what it is, but... Well, I just so I hope somebody else wrote it, like they did with oh. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, he, he didn't, he, he wrote it. It's just based on um, Roald Dahl. Dahl's book, but it's not like that story was directly from it. Anyway, it's it's a wonderful movie. The animation is incredibly, this so nice. Yeah, no, it's it's a. I really would like to see him go into that full time, and and I could get on board with him. I think. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far because I like his other movies too. Oh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I can't remember if I came across that one when I was looking. If I did, I was, I was like, oh, Pat will pick that. Uh, my number four, Mulholland Drive, David Lynch. I think Viv and I argued about this movie for about an hour and a half after we saw it in the theater. And uh, I, she came around to my way of thinking eventually. But yeah, It was almost on my list, but I knew it would be on your list, so I didn't bother. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's the best thing he's done, I think. Uh, and also... David Lynch being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I watch something like this, I'm like, how the fuck did you get funding for this? Like, who's paying for this so movie? Like, it's crazy. The story behind this one, it was originally going to be a, a French television series. TV and show, that yeah. fell through, and he just decided to make a movie, and it's, it's so wonderful so that such a good movie came out of that. Yeah, and it's there's, crazy. There's, like, there's open-ended things that happen. You don't know what the like the end result is. And I guess maybe it would have been explained in a TV show, but it's better that it isn't. Like, there's that the whole thing with the director. Yeah, what was it like he went in with a baseball bat or something? But there's, it, it, yeah, it's a great movie. It it's works weird. for the overall feel of the movie. Exactly. That kind of yeah. Yeah, and there's scenes like where they're sitting in that club watching the woman sing that like. There's no reason for that to be in there, but it's just like a beautiful scene, and it makes you feel something. And and yeah, and there's like creepy ass scenes that yeah, it's a great movie. Um, Mulholland Drive, David Lynch, number three for you. Number three for me. I have my comic book movie in here already, and this one I'm in here because I think it's it's just a straight out good movie. Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan. It was either this or Memento, and I think the Dark Knight is a better movie than Memento. See, here, here's where I am the heretic because I thought Batman Begins was a better movie. Oh, uh, Batman! Be- it's not even not even close. Batman Begins has all kinds of problems with the the acting. The uh, Katie Holmes well, sure. is 
awful compared to um, uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. She's much better. I think the story in The Dark Knight is much better. And, and I, it's hard to, to match Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight. It's just everything came together in The Dark Knight, and, and it's perfect. I'm surprised. I, well, I, I like Batman Begins, but I just don't my, think it holds together as well as The Dark Knight. I think my main problem with The Dark Knight was the action scenes were way too fast and just too frenetic. Like, too mm-hmm. much going on, and it was, like, kind of show-off-y, but it gave me a bit of a headache. Well, um, I saw it in 3D, too, so maybe that... I think that's that's a definite mark against a movie if it gives you a headache. <laughs> so I can't, yeah, I can't argue that. It's not that I think it was bad, but I did really like the... Uh, I really liked Batman Begins, despite Katie Holmes and, and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, but it's not it's not bad, no. it. I kind of assumed this one would be on your list. Um, and I know I'm the odd man out on feeling that way because everybody uh, loves the Dark Knight. And then the third one was, I think the third one was my least favorite of the three. But we yeah. we did an episode on that. Um, it's still it's not bad. No, I I like I like it more than most people. But I do, I I, I don't know. I I don't know if it's 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 close to Batman Begins. I there's parts of that the third one I like that I I don't think you liked but and I know most people don't like that I like I like Catwoman in that I thought she was really I thought she was good so I, when if if you don't like her you're going to like the first movie better yeah yeah for sure well and it was a little overly long I felt like too but yeah yeah Bane was I don't know I can see I can understand people's complaints and I, those complaints didn't bother me as much but I, it's definitely not as good as a dark knight yeah Bane didn't bother me either I yeah, um, I like the voice. The voice is still funny. Doug Benson does the voice of Bane yes. in the Batman Lego movie. <laughs> does he really? Yeah. I had no idea. I was. I thought you were talking about his show. Yeah, no, he does it on his show all the time, but that's why he got <laughs> cast in the oh, that's hilarious. Lego Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> so now whenever he's talking to people who've seen it on his show, he asks them who their favorite villain was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knows it's him and nobody says Bane. Um <laughs> My number three, uh, since I forgot to pick the first one in the 90s episode, uh, I'm glad I picked this one because this is my favorite of the trilogy anyway, Before Sunset. Richard Linklater, 2004, um, also made my 90s list. And this is just one of the best. Uh, it's it's kind of boyhoodish in a way um, in that it follows these people, this couple, um, every, what, Every seven years, it comes. It has come back to him. Um, I think it's seven. Maybe it's nine. I can't even remember. Uh, it doesn't matter though. It's about. So the first one is is two two Ameri- no an American guy Ethan Hawke and a French woman Julie Delpy meet in. Um, oh my God! It's not, it's Budapest, I believe. Uh, just vacationing. Uh, there he's like you know a, a college student or whatever, and and so is she, and they meet and uh, agree to meet up next year at the same time. And then this is like seven or nine years later, whatever it is, uh, it, you find out what happens. And it's just one of the great love stories of cinema. And this is the best installment. So have you seen any of them? No. It's, it's another one that you've told me to see many times and I refuse for no good reason. Yeah, you would like, I mean. But I'm sure I'll like it, yeah. You like Richard oh. Linklater, so. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you you will, you will love him. Um, third one is the weakest but also all three just recently released by Criterion. Yeah, Before oh, Sunset. Cool. Everybody go see them. You're number two. So I'm going to switch things up because I'm almost positive that the original thing I had in spot number two is going to be on your list. So I'm changing it for a movie that's not quite as good, but I still love it. No Country for Old Men at number two. <laughs> and that's the one that you think's not going to be on my list, right? Yeah. yeah so no. no Country for Old Men is... Oh, it's it's dark. It's, it's one, it, you know how Coen brothers, they kind of have the TikTok just like Apple where <laughs> one release will be a funny late comedy. The next m- movie won't have much humor in it at all. And no country for old men is the not much humor in it at all. And it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. Performances from, um, Javier, Bartim, Javier, Bar- Javier Bardem. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great villain. And, um, who was the sheriff? It was, uh, um, uh oh fuck why can't I I'm blanking Brolin Josh Brolin and Tommy no, Lee no, jo- Tommy Lee Jones was the sheriff that's what I'm thinking of Tommy yeah. Lee Jones was very good in this movie and great. it's great yep it's a well written well performed good movie 
Yeah, well, I based on uh, the book by uh, Larry McMurtry. No, it's not Larry McMurtry. But yeah, the uh, I, it's almost like taken straight from the book, which I haven't read. Viv read it. Um, I've read some of his other stuff, like Blood Meridian, which is really good. And all Cormac the McCarthy. horses. Yeah, yeah. I've not, I've not read anything by him, but I guess I should. Um, yeah, well, Blood Meridian uh, is... Uh, they scalp some Indians. He spat. Just repeat that over and over. That's, that'll be funny when you actually read it, but it's not now. <laughs> I'll trust um, you. Yeah, my number two, um, shockingly, No Country for Old Men. Ah, oh, let me go back. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, this is one where where you can pick it as wait, your f- favorite Coen brothers, and I'm like, yep, I get it. That's... I kind I, I, I of back up before you talk about No Country for Old Men, because I'm changing my number two to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? No! Oh, that's the one you thought I was going to pick? That was my original choice. Oh. So I'm, I'm taking out No Country for Old Men. I think No Country for Old Men's a superior movie. Yeah, I think Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is a little bit better. No. And it's, it's... <laughs> you got your chocolate and my peanut butter. <laughs> that's my number two. I was oh. sure that was going to be on your list, so I can't wait to hear what number one is. Because... No, wait. I, I like us both having No Country for Old Men. Let's make it okay. a tie on your list. No, okay. So, yeah. Oh, oh Brother Out There slash No Country for Old Men. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because No I Country for no Old Men is so Man. great. Yeah. It is. It's an awesome movie. I, it was It was my – like I said, I can only pick one. If, if I was if I was just do, just picking my favorites, both would be on the top ten. I'd pick out – I'd kick out something else, but I didn't want to – have more than one Coen Brothers movie on the list, but yeah, No Country for Old Men is an amazing movie. Um, all right, well, drum roll, you're number one. So, have you said the movie you think was going to be on my list, or No Country for Old Men is that? That was it, yeah. Oh, okay. Number one is such a Amelie. Oh, shit, dude. Such a sweet movie. I could watch it a million times and still be in love with Audrey Tautau, and it's fun, and I... I, it's just a great movie. Well, guess what's going on in my alternates now? Because I done forgot it. Yeah, I, we saw that in the theaters like three times. That was a yeah, yeah. Cinematography is so beautiful. The yeah. story is so charming. She's so great. And it's you don't expect most of the things that happen in the story. It's nope. just you don't know where it's going, and it's yeah, it's just it's charming. It's sweet, and it yeah, I I saw it a bunch of times in the theater because I I would I I, I saw it once by myself and then i just needed other people to see the movie it was so good <laughs> yeah oh that's that is worthy of a rewatch i feel like yeah yeah that should have a criterion collection or do they not do foreign movies because they're snooty of oh, course they do yeah no they should do that <laughs> that would be a great one for them to do actually yep um okay my number one is ghost world oh wow that that should be in my how could how did that not show up? Yes, that should be my top ten. That's an excellent choice. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. based on uh, Daniel Klaus. Close. I never know how you say his name. say Klaus. I don't Klaus, know. Yeah, uh, graphic novels and the greatest performance well, by Steve Buscemi. Yes, it would. It was based on the graphic collection, but all the individual stories from the graphic novel were came from Eight Ball. Yes. Which, yes. But but yeah. Anyway, it was uh, a work of genius. Uh, Scarlett yes. Johansson again. So she's two on my list, which is surprising to me. <laughs> Yet I don't. Um, yeah, I th- I thought it was uh, an amazing movie, and it was one that I. It's another one I've like. If it's ever on, I'll watch it. And it, but it's not. I have not seen it on no, TV I know, forever. Although. Uh, Criterion Collection coming out in May. Oh, that's something I should get. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I did not know this. It's produced by John Malkovich. Huh. I didn't know that either. Oh, that's just, crazy. I'm just looking at the IMDb and seeing that. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, you forgot Ghost World. I forgot Amelie. That's kind of... <laughs> yeah, are, it's nice, that symmetry. Yeah. Well, are we going to go into our alternates then? Yeah, I have a few. I have... Uh, let me, you, you do yours. I just want to see what of uh, the, the biggest alternate for me is ghost world. But other than that, 
Yeah, and the biggest for me is alternate. Amelie. So um, I, got, I have 10 alternates um, in no real order. Um, Amelie, Memento, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Donnie Darko. Yeah, I thought about Donnie Darko. It's I not good enough for a top 10, but it's good enough for an alternate, I think. That's what I was just going to say. It's, it's worth mentioning, but it shouldn't be in anybody's top 10. No, no, it can be in your top 10. I don't care. But it's it's a fun movie. And it, it was in the... It was kind of a phenomenon because I, I don't know anyone who saw it in the theater, but I know well, me either. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, when it got in onto DVD or video, whatever. I don't know what it was at that point. It could have still been Probably video, but once it got there, DVD, yeah. everybody saw it. And it's such a. I think there's a couple cuts of it too. Yes, there are. Yeah, there's like the super extended director's cut, and that would be a good Criterion one too, actually. And uh, that it's an interesting movie too, in that um, it. It got made because of two of the stars put a bunch of money into it. Noah Wiley, right? Noah Wiley and Drew Barrymore like financed that to oh, get it made. I, shoot, I don't know much about the backstory. Yeah, I'm it, pretty sure that's true. I might be making it up, but anyway, yeah, that's a that's a, a good one to bring up. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Waking Life, another R- Richard Linklater with that like rotoscope animation thing that he invented. Um, that where, one I saw and liked a lot. Yeah, I mean it's just people talking for the whole thing. But it's really interesting. Um, Zodiac, which we That's might have another. seen together. I, really? I don't know why I feel like we saw that with you, but maybe not. Um, I, I don't know, but it's a good movie. Tropic Thunder. That I, means there's two Gyllenhaals in your alternates. Oh, yeah. See? Tropic Thunder. I, I, no offense. I just don't like that movie that much. Really? I. You know what? I'm. I might replace it too because i remember laughing at it when i first saw it but i only saw it once i'll replace that with bad santa which i think was actually That's something funny i need i need to say uh, apparently the sequel was awful um sexy beast oh that? that was with uh ben kingsley playing this like mobster this badass mobster uh you got oh you got us you would like that one too it's <laughs> it's coen brothers ish coen brothers esque but uh it's also its own style um uh, oh brother where art thou and borat because ah. borat made me laugh so fucking hard in the theaters i've only seen it once i would i don't think it would work a second time but for that that one time one. viewing hilarious <laughs> it's funny because i literally typed out borat 10 seconds before you said borat it just <laughs> came to me yes the borat's on my list borat's a great movie uh, moulin rouge I, I like that. Ewan McGregor and I forget who else. It's it's fun. Uh, um, hello, then, Nicole Kidman. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Tom's side on that one. Um, <laughs> Memento, like you. Little Miss, no, Little Miss Sunshine's on. Oh, Roller Titan Bombs. That was the Wes Anderson. That was another one I thought you might get. out yeah. to Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wally, Finding Nemo. Superbad, The Hangover. Kill Bill Volume 1, which I know you're not supposed no, to. No, I like it. Volume 1. Uh, volume but 2, yes, I, exactly. I hate it. Um, yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. Step Brothers, another funny comedy. From, Haven't seen it. Damn yes, it. That's one worth seeing. Ratatouille, The Incredibles, and that's about it. My problem with The Incredibles is this. It seems very libertarian. The whole <laughs> the whole concept of it. Like, oh, you, the ordinary people are keeping the great people down. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that was the intent or not. It just... I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hope it wasn't the intent. I still like the movie, but I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, though, that's a that's a good list. Yeah, Wally. Um, Wally's another interesting one from Pixar. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. How long did it go with no talking? You know, it's crazy. It was like the beginning of 2001. So, I don't... I mean, they're doing a lot of sequels now, which is just... They still do a good job with the sequels, but um, they're not as... They're not reaching as far, and I don't. I never saw that dinosaurs movie, so maybe that one did. But I, I hope they go back to to doing things that you don't expect. We'll see. What I think they have a one that's based on that. The next movie is based on what's that? Moiter? What I can't even pronounce what? it. But the Day of the Dead. How do you say that? Day of the Dead. Oh yeah, the, uh, Los Muertos. I don't know. Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, but they're doing they're doing something based on that. So hopefully that's interesting. Oh, I'll, I'm wrong. Inter. That's not inner space. The, and in, what's it called? The Amy Poehler Pixar movie. That was out there. It was excellent. And 
that that would be that's probably my number one Pixar movie. That's what I was just going to bring up. Like that one was fairly recent. Inside Out, yeah. right? Is that what it was Inside called? Out? Yeah. 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 Um, that's... yeah, that's the best Pixar in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, I, not just because Amy Poehler's in it. Either. No, no, it's it's. But just, it helps. It does help, and Richard Kind helps too, <laughs> as he always does. Well, it's what, kind to be kind. What would Mad About You be without Richard Kind? <laughs> Mr. Uh, X, George Clooney's roommate. Really? Yeah, like back in New York, <laughs> back in the day, I think. Yeah, I've heard him talk about it on a couple podcasts. <laughs> uh, this is a fun list. The Ghost World is... is. Are you sure that's nine ninety nine? Nope, 2001. How, how I so part of helping me come up with these movies was just doing lists like two thousand movies from the two thousand. How was Ghost World not in any? Oh, you didn't bring up the movie that was on a lot of people's list. Was it on my list? No, it wasn't. Almost Famous didn't care for that movie, and it made almost every list of the best of the two thousands like really high too. So I found that, yeah. I just found that strange. That's, I never had a desire to see it. I don't. I don't care for his. Is that Cameron Crow, right? Yeah. I'm not really a big fan of his, so I don't think I missed anything by not saying it. Yeah, say anything I liked. I uh, don't know if I would still like it, but yeah, otherwise I agree with you. Show me the money. I don't I don't get it. I don't get that reference. I thought that was from Say Anything. Oh, no, that's from uh, Jerry McGillicuddy. Well, maybe they should change the name of the movie because Say Anything means I can say whatever I damn well please. That's true. Everything is a line from Say Anything. If you want to play by the rules, uh, recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians. Okay, you go first. Okay, I have two. The first one is a direct disobe- disobey of your order from last week, and thirteen reasons why people should watch it. Oh, really? Yeah, it it's not for me. It's definitely not written for me, but it's 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 a, a teen drama, and I think it's a teen drama done well. I've only watched two episodes. But it's it's the kind of thing that you want to watch the next one. You want to see what hap- what's going to happen. I think it's the performances are pretty good and the, it's just it's well produced. So I I thought it was good. I liked I really liked the premise. I mean I can give it another shot. I didn't like the dialogue so much. It seemed very written, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that's 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 kind of a YA style, I guess. Though I think so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the second episode is better. But the, I mean the other part of that that goes along with the the dialogue sounding written is. I think we talked about this with other teen shows that were bad. <laughs> this one's not a bit. I think this one's at least uh, better done than these older ones, but none of the kids seem like kids I would ever have seen in high school. And oh, I know right. I'm 30 years away, but I don't think kids nowadays are like this either, but it's still a good watch. It's the soap opera for teens. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, I might dive back in. Yeah. The uh, And that's a, a lukewarm recommendation. It's not like something I like it, but if you decide not to watch it, that's okay. And I guess that's the same with this one because I know people aren't into it, but I passionately love the new MST, MST3K. It is awesome. Despite is, the presence of Jonah Ray, is he okay on it? Oh, I, he's perfect on it. Is there, is there, is he in other things where he's not good? I don't know. He's part of, you know, he's on Chris Hardwick shit. So it, yeah, he's in the background. He's, he's perfect in it. He, okay. he works really well. It's, it's coming. It's as good as the old ones. It, it's like they didn't miss a step. I really, really liked the first episode, and I've watched three of them. Wait, what is it on, dude? Netflix. No shit. Oh, okay. I I gotta yeah. watch it then. So I didn't we're, know. We're gonna do a future episode of a Joel episode versus Jenna episode. Yes, that'll be awesome. So yes, I highly recommend watching it. If you've never seen the show and you're you you. Yeah, just watch it. It's funny. It's well written. They get good. Dan Harmon's a writer. Lots of good people are writing on the show. Um, Patton Oswalt and uh, I can never remember her name, but those two are the Mads. And uh, the wait, guys is who it, do, okay? Wait, is it? Uh, does she have a show on Netflix as well? I don't think so. She was a woman. No red hair. Uh, okay. I th- there's a previous episode where I couldn't remember her name. And I feel awful about it. But Felicia Day is her name. Okay. Okay. And she's I've 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 read some complaints about her, but it seems like she's someone who catches complaints all the time, and I'm not sure why she's fine in it. Well, and it's probably misogyny. I, oh, uh, I well, was thinking of Maria Bamford, by the way. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> she would be very good in it. Maybe not as a head bad guy, but it, yeah. Anyway, it's it's good. You 
definitely should. I mean, anyone should watch it. I, I, I get the feeling that the original show wasn't for everyone. So when I say everyone should watch it, if you didn't like the original, you're not going to like this one. But right. if you did like the original, this is just as good. I can't imagine if, not liking the original, though. That that was one of those things that, like, I get it was kind of a cult hit, but it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I watched it. I guess I started, I don't know, maybe it was after high school, but once I started, I loved it. It wasn't like one of those shows. I wasn't one of the fans that was a passionate guy. Like, I didn't tape them and share the tapes or everything. But when I watched it, I loved it. And I, I watched it every change I could get. And then they changed hosts, and I still loved it. So, yeah. And it's I mean, it's just great. Their references went super deep, too. There were sometimes oh, they yeah. would make a joke where you know only like three people got that. And <laughs> yeah. I love that. I about mean, there's it. just. I it was years until I found out that Sally of Love was a reference to something. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Patton write on it? Do you know? I, his brother does. I don't know if he does. Because he <laughs> seems like absolutely perfect to be a writer for MST3K. Yes. To me. Yeah. I I think originally he was going to be a writer, and then uh, Joel Hodgson Hutch, decided that he should be on the show as well. So he probably does both. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's really well done. I. I'm surprised you mentioned Jonah Ray. Aside from being on Nerdist, which does get annoying, but I, I've never had any experience with him, and he's fine. Okay, good. The... That's good. I, it's, I, it's, that's my only experience was with him on Nerdist. Oh, okay. So, I actually yeah. saw him do a Benson movie interruption of, um, oh my god, I don't remember the name of it. Fuck, it doesn't matter. Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, some love story that everybody. Oh, no so, book. Yeah, the, I guess the movie interruptions are kind of. It's the same thing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Although it seems to be uh, ad libbed at the right. movie interruptions, yeah. but who knows yeah. if they actually, you know, practice that shit beforehand. Um, <laughs> well, it's definitely not as as rehearsed as Mister Sinister. Yeah, but Jonah Ray was fine at that one. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 if you like the original, you're gonna like this one. So yeah, you should watch it. I, I didn't know it was coming either. I didn't know until till Friday they put something up. They oh, they have a a five minute. A clip of of the MST 3K guys making fun of Stranger Things, just as an advertisement for <laughs> for this coming to Netflix, and that's really funny. And what kind of so, movies are they? Are they still doing like old 50s stuff, or have they like moved on to the like terrible 80s movies or anything? So or? far, it's only been 50s, 60s, but okay. only in the third episode. Hopefully, I did read that they have some more modern stuff, and I hope they do. But I, you know, not I. What I like about Mr. Science Theater 3000 is the. Um, that they do these obscure stuff, which you wouldn't otherwise see. And sometimes, watch, yeah. And sometimes the ones they make fun of really aren't that bad. They're just, I mean, they're B movies. So they sh- there's a lot to be make, made fun of, but the movie's not, not awful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes they're just God awful. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like the eighties was like the fifties in it's the level, the amount of really terrible B movies. Cause that was like, um, straight to video time. You know what I mean? That's right. When, yeah. So there was a lot of that shit, but, a lot of stuff that was not as good as the Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies, which weren't that good anyway. So right. really scraping low. And that reminds me of something that should have been both of our top 10 lists, but you can only have 10, but we both really should have the room up there. Oh, of course. Was, did the, was the room the 2000s? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Speaking of that, they're showing that here in the art theater, and he's there to speak. Oh, I, that might that might hurt me too much. I would feel so bad for the dude because he seems very clueless about it, even though he's like trying to say like, oh, it was all a joke from the beginning. (laughs) I feel like he'd get angry at the crowd. Yeah, I think he might, too. But I I think I yeah, I was thinking of going, but it's a midnight show. And I don't know if I want to stay up till 3 a.m. to watch that crappy movie. But maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My. uh, Okay, so I'm recommending this based on only one episode I've watched so far, because like I said, I went on vacation, didn't have time. Um, but that is kind of high praise, because usually you don't get that much out of a pilot episode. Yeah. So, uh, is something we mentioned earlier, Big Little Lies. Ah, so that is good. I'll have yeah. To... I, I, was, I, I chose uh, 13 Reasons Why to watch, because everyone's talking about it, and everyone's done talking about Big Little Lies. Okay, so I, I'll check it out. Yeah, at first I thought I was going to be annoyed by it because it it did this thing with the structure that I was like, oh, this seems kind of gimmicky, but it got out of that. And yeah, I really enjoyed that first episode, which is rare. So, Is Adam Scott in the first episode? Yes, he is. Okay, so he's a main part of the whole season. Okay. Um, and, and you're a big Reese Witherspoon fan. So oh, of course. It, it's, 
She once uh, saved me when I needed to break some ice by just throwing her chin on it in a cup. Thanks, Reese. Why am I making fun of Reese Witherspoon's chin? That's not fair. I listen to this podcast just for your insults of people's looks. Yeah. She's a she's a Oscar-winning actress. <laughs> I feel like we're in that episode of The Office where they're arguing whether the woman, <laughs> woman is attractive. Well, yes. yeah, I can't even remember who it was they were talking about. Oh, yeah. uh, Boys Don't Cry. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I recommend that. And I also recommend Season 2 of Humans, which I recommend Season 1 of before. Um, to watch it. So many things to watch. It's a golden age of TV. Well, unfortunately, Season 2 of Humans is only available to buy on Amazon right now. Ah. I'm hoping they will stream it at some point. But uh, there are ways to find it if you want. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. Write a review. Most importantly, tell your friends to listen. And tell your friends' friends to listen. Make it kind of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, that's always fun. It's like a, a game you can play. Um, also, get some exercise, for God's sake. I hope you're listening to this at the gym. Not just lying down on your couch listening to this. God, I don't want to contribute what would Michelle Obama say? But if you're at your office, that's fine not to exercise. Unless yeah. you have one of those underneath your desk ellipticals, which means you're a hardcore. Yeah. And you're probably not listening to this. Maybe you're bouncing on one of those dumb balls that some people sit on in the office. Really? People at your office you actually use this? I didn't say my office. I just said oh, your okay. hypothetical office out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, do all that. And you know we're coming up on 200, so we'll try to think of something special to do for that. Which probably just means Michael Morris will come on. This was 197. Yeah, I know, and we already got 198 and 199 planned out. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll throw something together. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>